0: Ladies and gentlemen, I am Hannah May, and this is Flying Faith Talks, the official podcast for flyingfaith.org, where we find the adventurous, the wondrous, and the unknown through the Bible in our everyday. So, today's episode was recorded on January 7th, 2022. This is episode number one, the first one around, and the title for today's is Struggles of the Christian author. Now let's get something that's obvious, like right out of the way. Writing books is incredibly difficult, very difficult. You have to balance a million things all at once. There's the plot to take care of. There's trying to have originality. And then there's the characters. There's the pacing and all the other stuff in between. And then after and then after you're done with that, you have all the marketing to handle. I mean, even if you're traditionally published, you have to handle the marketing but you have to still do your own advertising you have to find the right people to publish to you have to find an agent who's willing to take you up you have to do like thousands of queries that all reject you um and then there's also um even if you're doing self-publishing you know you have to pick who you're gonna go through and how much money you can spend you know it's a gigantic endeavor to write a book but then there are certain things, you see, in, in all these situations, there's usually a great amount of, you know, data and information brought out by lots of wonderful, helpful people to help people like me, you know, who've never stepped into this world before, you know, this industry, and kind of give you give them tips on how to handle these things, like the pacing and so on, you know, writing the actual book, and then getting to the point of producing the book and getting it out into everyone's hands and, you know, picking prices and all that. But... There are certain things that I notice that are not addressed a lot of the time in other podcasts. And even among uh, Christian podcasts for writers and creative people like myself, you know, it's very specific, unique things that only the Christian writer and author concerns themselves with. Because, you know, most people, you know, they just look at the business aspect of things. But then there's a moral center, there's an ethical, uh, spiritual Side to this that Christians are aware of that a lot of non-Christians aren't so I mean if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian um, I hope this will be helpful to you too not only just for your own books and your own stories but also that you can kind of see and understand the specifics of what your Christian fellows are having difficulty with and such for us Christians when, when whatever we do whatever we say it always 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 has to be honoring to the Lord always you know, there's like three, there's, and this is going to be a topic of another episode later down, but there's like three things that we're trying to balance between. We're trying to balance between, you know, making the book that we really, really, really want to read, you know, the, for the self, books that other people really want to read, the audience, because obviously if you don't attract an audience, I mean, I mean it's not that you can't release the book, but at the same time, uh, I think most authors are hoping to at least sell some, you know, get a good following, try to provide something that is going to help change another person's life or influence them or maybe at the very least make them happy you know whatever reason they have for it number three wanting to please god they want to we want to try to respect him because you know he's our lord and savior we love him and we want to reciprocate the kind of relationship he gave to us even while we're still sinners and to emphasize that i wanted to read a section of a letter from a great man i'll tell you who in a minute he wrote this amazing passage right here where he described the the form of election and the calling that all Christians are called to, that um, we as, even as Christian creatives or Christian authors, as the Bible describes, it should be done in such a way that our very lives speak of the faith that we have. It's not just in the way we say it, but also in how we express it. Let me read this letter to you. It says his, as in regarding God, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, the author of this passage was Peter, one of the original disciples of Jesus himself. And this particular section was actually taken from Second uh, Peter, and you can read it for yourself in Second Peter chapter 1. But what he says is very true. While, while we Christians, you know, we're trying to not only produce something that is considered of good quality to people around us, but we also want to do it in such a way that is, while pleasing before the world, is not necessarily of the world. You know, we don't necessarily play by those rules, because we're playing by God's rules, right? Yeah. Anyway, so let's go through a few examples of things that Christian authors in particular struggle with in order to do these things. Because when someone who does not have a relationship with the Lord doesn't really have that sort of relationship at all, um, they don't really have these particular concerns because usually it's not something that they really have to go through. So one of the first things that is one of the most common, and I see this a lot on polls and with people online asking questions like, uh, what should I do about this, you know, among Christian writing circles is how to balance the realism and the integrity now i already know some of you probably listening to this you're like hoping oh i really want you to do a podcast on this and i will do a podcast on this this is definitely going to be one of the first podcasts i do you know as soon as i'm used to doing this because this is the first podcast so i'm trying to dip myself into this this in. <laughs> but yeah balancing the realism with integrity because what's what's like one of the main things that lots of books sometimes get ribbed on these days. I mean, in the past it didn't matter so much in a fairy tale like fairy godmother gave Cinderella her shoes and the and the coach and everything. I mean, no one back then was really asking the question, "Yeah, but where did the fairy godmother come from? What's the statistics or the science of a magic wand?" <laughs> but that's something specifically that happens nowadays a lot more often. People lots of times look at something. Oh, that's so unrealistic. That wouldn't work. I'll even admit that my family and I we like to have this little joke whenever we watch like the Home Alone movies. Harry and Marv, the burglars, trying to get into the house, and Kevin, who's the kid who's left at home, he's got all those traps set up, and then he sets them off, and Harry and Marv get, go through a, like a ton of hurt. And yeah, in the movie, it's portrayed as something very funny, and they these burglars walk away from these injuries, but. My family and I are watching it at the same time I kind of laughing to ourselves how, oh, Marv would have been dead like 50 times over with that. I mean, just watch Home Alone 2. You know, with the first brick that Kevin nailed, let me think, which one was it? I think it was Marv. (laughs) Yeah, it was Marv. That Marv gets struck right in the forehead. That should have killed him right there. And he gets hit like... Five times afterwards <laughs> and then th- and throughout the movie my family and I would make, make comments like Harry is dead Marv is dead <laughs> it- It's pretty hilarious, but it's also used as like a means to like demean stories you know they're like, oh, that's so realistic, this is stupid. People nowadays have a high demand, a very high demand for realistic stories you know that take into account everything that could have happened or should have happened to fix the problem or that could have avoided the problem. I'll admit I'm kind of part of that camp. I kind of like to be able to see a story and say hey you know what that's very possible that that could happen rather than looking at it and it's like okay that's so ridiculous I can't take you seriously. (laughs) But going back to the subject at hand Yeah, so many Christians these days are challenged to try to present this realism, you know, like, whether it's supposed to be a fantasy story, you know, like, I think most people think of something Game of Thrones-esque whenever they think of realism and fantasy, you know, like the nitty-gritty stuff that people, you know, in fairy tales, this stuff wasn't discussed. Like, they don't discuss the politics, they don't discuss the actual terrors of war, and they don't actually discuss, like, any sort of sensual relations that certain people might have had, whether it be honorable relations are not. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not advocating Game of Thrones here. I'm not a fan. I am not at all. And I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. But <laughs> that's the kind of the sort of thing that we think of. But yet, at the same time, a Christian, uh, we want to try to present ourselves with integrity. Because, you know, I, I don't know if any if there's any non-Christians listening to this. I don't know if you... I mean, if you might understand, but you might not. Whenever, like, these Hollywood films throw in immoral junk, the nude scene, or the plethora of cuss words you know that just kind of like get thrown everywhere you know that's an instant turn off to a lot of christians and they lose a lot of audience i know that some people are like saying oh they're just babies or okay they can just go in their corner and we can just stay in our corner but no i mean when it it comes to christian authors ourselves not only we're trying to be hospitable to those of us who might be more sensitive to certain things you know not lose certain members of the audience because i know that nowadays lots of people are like oh you got to find your market and you got to do the your marketing towards that group but at the same time you know that we're we're trying to fall in line with the um, where the Bible encourages us to dwell on things more positive you know like you're not supposed to heavily fill your mind with a lot of negative things because as the Bible would say in Luke where your treasure is your heart will be also so whatever you put in is going to come out when we get to um, So when it comes to this, um, we want to find a way how to present realistic things without having to go like heavy handed and like the sensual stuff and the negative stuff. Because yes, that's what part of reality is. We live in a sin-cursed world. We ourselves and those around us, we all are sinful people. You know, we want to do things our way, but sometimes that means we do some wrong things like um you know using a lot of cuss words you know we're around a lot of people so especially for christian authors who are dealing in tough subjects like you know like maybe it's like a street story or a mob story you know or uh, you're in a uh, country that hates christians you know and they get really bloody and really gory you know it's like yeah that's realistic but where does the line start and stop where does um where do we draw the line to say okay this isn't going to be good for the audiences anymore. You know, you're going so hard and hard into this. So that is a very specific struggle that many Christians have. And then the next thing that Christians often deal with, and this is something I notice a lot in a lot of the books I've been reading lately. You know, I've been doing a few books for a few other Christian authors, you know, who just need a little help, you know, trying to get more reviews and everything. But something that I notice, and this happened like three times in a row recently, is that one thing that really gets in the way for me when it when it comes to reading a book and i don't think a lot of other authors and christians like to admit it but i'm going to openly <laughs> but sometimes they get really preachy i know that sounds ironic that sounds so crazy to hear from somebody like myself who um who literally wrote an angel book you know how can you not like uh the lord's word being preached or being shared or biblical truth being preached and shared and that's not the problem That really isn't and in fact i want to i want to point out that the books that i read that had this issue it wasn't like they said anything incorrect they were they they were doing fine you know it was good that they were giving out all of these biblical truth i will commend them for that but here's the problem it happened so often or it was so heavy-handed that it kept getting in the road you know it kept putting the story on pause so we can hear another sermon about how about god's faithfulness i know it sounds awful as a christian for me to say this but i mean i can't tell you how many times i put the book down and i groaned to myself it was like can we just get to the story Just like go back to the story please it's like yes i get it we get it god is good you're working through this that's great characters move on it's like uh you know and yet you want to have it in there but you don't want to have too much of it so i mean again this is something else i really want to look into and figuring ways how we can try to adjust or try to find ways to know where's the good balance you know where's the good balance where we're presenting our faith so it's evident in our story evident in the narrative and yet it's not like taking over too much where you're getting in the road and it's becoming cheesy it's becoming uncomfortable or it's becoming something that you know even your even fellow believers are all like okay all right the can okay, move on please <laughs> so yeah it's 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 a problem and you know i think that's part of the reason why a lot of christian books get a bad rap on in the in the long run because i think that's something that is the most readily criticized part to why most people it's safe to say even some Christians even avoid Christian books sometimes because they're like, oh, I want to sit down and read a book for fun, not so that I can just be just kind of rereading what my pastor already said, you know. And that is a very very major thing. And you know, what? I really want to get into that more here, but actually, I'm gonna have that dedicated to a whole podcast. So try to try to stay tuned and stay aware of what's of when that's gonna come out, and it's gonna come out eventually. Well, the next one now I. Kind of speaking more for myself, you know, the fourth one, that is the marketing aspect in the sense of, you know, not being boastful. Now, I don't know if anyone else goes through this besides myself because I, I haven't asked others, but I, I guess this is me kind of opening up about something that I have a hard time with or I just feel awkward about whenever I'm trying to market my book Celestial. Which is coming out this year, by the way. I am so excited to have this thing done. And I was just looking at the cover today. It's looking pretty amazing. My artist is doing great. When it came to this particular part, that when I know everyone tries to say, really put yourself out there. Really market the patootie out of your book. Really market the patootie out of your blog, Flying Faith. You know, get it out there there's a part of me that feels a little awkward sometimes because you know I was raised in a home where my mom was always very conscientious about you know how much that I tended to take control of conversations or how much I just threw myself in there in front of everybody you know like just started just ruling the roost or you know and I I will say this for myself I have a pride tendency I take a lot of pride in my work I take a lot of pride in how I do things and trying to do things right and I try to achieve a certain excellence to things, you know. Um, I'm not saying I always get there. I'm not perfect. I mean, no one is. But, you know, there's a certain amount of pride there, you know. And so sometimes when I'm doing the marketing and I'm trying to express my book as, like, the greatest thing ever, which, you know, of course, every author believes their book is the greatest thing ever, regardless whether or not it is. I'd like to think mine is, but (laughs) thankfully everyone who's read my book says it is, (laughs) it's it's really kind of strange that, you know, whenever I do market it, you know, I feel like I'm touting it as like, oh, this is the greatest book ever. You should subscribe to my blog and you should buy it. And, you know, but yet there's an awkwardness in me where I feel like, yeah, I'm making myself a nuisance. I sound like a very prideful, snotty nuisance. So how do I avoid feeling like that? Or is there a way to do it where I feel like I'm, I'm not trying to be over the top you know it's it's questions like that and you know i do wonder if there are other authors like myself i haven't asked yet but maybe i should in fact that that probably means i should (laughs) uh ask you know like what how do you feel about your marketing like how much marketing do you do until you or before or until you feel like man i just sound like i'm such a boastful obnoxious person who keeps butting into conversations to advertise myself you know, so there there, I believe there is a balance because biblically speaking, the Lord um, wants us to be courteous to other people, be courteous to their time. You know, don't be all about yourself. And that was part of the reason why Flying Faith uh, didn't become the celestial blog, because, you know, when I when I wanted to find a way to give a platform for my book, I didn't want to uh, make it just about the book. You know, I felt like, well, after the book is released, what then is it just going to be all about me? You know, but I felt like the Lord was calling me to make it something of a service to other people and to fellow writers, you know, anyone who's listening, or anybody who's got a creative spirit in them that wants to honor God or, you know, is just curious at what this Christianity is all about, you know. And so that's why I opted to make Flying Faith what it is. I wanted it to be able to stand on its own two feet before and after Celestial came out and any other books that I may write in the future, which, you know, I'm. Thinking pretty heavily about that. Wait, wait, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I, I mean, if you, if, if anyone listening to this podcast, you know, like maybe another fellow Christian writer who also feels this kind of awkwardness about marketing versus boasting, um, just give me a shout out, comment, you know, email me, you know, at celestial flying faith at outlook dot com. You know, just bring, come up and just let me know if this is something that you also struggle with, because you know, I, I would really like to know if I'm the only one at this. <laughs> And the last part, and this is something that, you know, is like on the cornerstone of what Flying Faith is all about. And part of the reason why I decided this would be my first episode for a podcast. It's the next part is the biblical integrity of the book. And let me explain. I'm not saying biblical integrity to mean that, you know, this, your book has to be like realistic to the point where, you know, you can't have aliens and you can't have Mythological creatures in your story, because you know the Lord gave us imagination for a reason here, which is another good episode that I'm going to be going up to pretty soon. <laughs> there I know, there I go again. Shameless plug. Ugh, I feel so guilty about that. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, it's uh it's a situation where it's not so much whether or not a story is realistic that I'm talking about; it's whether or not that the theology presented in your story. or suits the truths about God, the principles about God that, um, you know, wouldn't demean his character in any way. And, you know, and I'm going back to those books that I've been recently reading for my fellow uh, Christian authors and writers, you know, to help them out. Um, It's something I noticed where, you know, I know for a fact they didn't mean to demean God's character in any way or his sovereignty or anything of that sort it's just the problem is is that i noticed things you know where maybe they didn't think about it but you know in the if you really really pull back from what you just wrote and how you're presenting God in this manner or how you're presenting this element uh you know that's very substantial to the christian life you know if you really pull back and you look at it it doesn't make sense or it kind of acts backwards but it it's a matter of you know if you if you want if you want to try to have um A story where you're going to have witches and goblins and kind of like very Narnia style, very Narnia style sort of story. There's a way to go about it without um, putting certain things into question or accidentally um, veering into like a theological rabbit hole that some people are going to fall fall into. And sometimes we have to take into consideration. We Christian authors have to take into consideration that sometimes you know, yes, it's a fiction story. It's not supposed to be taken seriously. But say you have a reader who decides to pick up your book and they get they read through the story. And even though they treat it as fiction, they at some point in some way subconsciously had received a wrong idea of what God is like or an incorrect idea of who he is. And that's all the more dangerous nowadays, especially when most people don't even bother to read the scripture. Even I I even know and this is a terribly sad tragedy to me. That there are people out there who don't, they're Christians, full-blown Christians, you know, they have good relationship with the Lord, that don't read their scriptures. And, you know, I even heard one lady call it boring. It's like, how on earth can you call it boring? It's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> but, you know, when people are so biblically illiterate, you know, even within the church, you know, then they, they're not able to go into the, they're not able to understand uh, fully who he is and as a writer, as an author, because people nowadays, they're more willing to read fiction books than they are the Bible. Let's just be honest with that. It's sad. Yes, I know it. But, you know, it's a reality we have to deal with now. Yeah, it's just a situation where, you know, if people are more willing to, take their, to read fiction more often and then they build their whole lives around the morals of that fiction, then imagine if someone read your book, you being a Christian author, they read your book. And even if you didn't mean to, if you didn't intend to, which I thoroughly believe that no Christian author intends to, um, leave a wrong idea or to give a wrong impression. But if there is one, then you it might accidentally do more harm than good. And you know, when you when I even when I say that to myself, that's terrifying. I mean, I knew I was walking into something really difficult when I did celestial. You know, because my story is about angels and. I knew I had a responsibility to this, you know, and that's why I went through such a hard, rigorous time going through my scriptures for three months, just trying to, you know, understand everything I had to say about angels so that I wouldn't accidentally um, do something wrong. It was exhausting. It was very exhausting. It was thrilling, exhilarating, but exhausting at the same time. Um, You know, it's kind of a weird (laughs) catch-22. When I did that, you know, I, I went through, I purposely did that, though, because there was nothing more awful in my mind than to, A, you know, dishonor the Lord by ignoring what he clearly declared about himself and his angels in his word, which is the only authority on the subject. And, you know, there's n- there's no question that I was going to mostly rely on that and not at all on anything else, you know, for how I was going to portray them. You know, there's nothing more awful thought to me than if I wrote a story um, yeah, if it, even if it does really well for a lot of readers and it does give a lot of good messages and maybe it does lead people to the Lord because the Lord can work through our mistakes. You know, there's always a level of grace there. I just would have felt awful though if just because I didn't take the time to be careful in how I did things and being sure that I maintained biblical integrity, you know, that it was compatible with biblical thinking, that I accidentally led someone, even if it, even if they entered the faith, if I accidentally led someone into a wrong idea of how, who God is, what he's about, um, and, you know, how he operates. Because, you know what, even in the church, some of us don't even really fully understand that. You know, like sometimes, you know, I watch these movies, you know, where, you know, the big struggle is trying to save this other person or the big struggle is praying really hard to try to save uh, someone's life, you know, who's maybe dying and everything. But, you know, sometimes what I see happen is like they're so the movie is so focused on that particular goal that they forget that that's not necessarily God's goal in your life. Now, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is, but not always. And I don't see that addressed very much. And sometimes when they do address, you know, like the Lord's will being that this person lives, sometimes the story does it in such a way that it it misses, you know, the alternative. It misses the truth behind it, because let's make this clear. Yes, the Lord is very, very cares very much about your present, but what he's more about is your eternity, you know? And sometimes that means loss. And, yes, there are a lot of stories that do that well. I'm not pinpointing any particular story in a movie or whatever as, like, messing this up royally. And most of the time they don't, but, you know, I just notice those little tidbits within a story or in a movie that I watch or a book I read where I'm like, Uh, that's not quite right, or, ooh like why did you do that if you only just veered it the other way you know you could have you could have avoided that it's like oh it's 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 just a problem those are like five unique things that you know what i don't see addressed very often in podcasts for writers and authors and this is something that uh, i guess suppose i should say a christian writer like myself just struggles with you know it's really hard so anyway But, you know, just like in anything, you know, I can, it's like, like, you might be thinking this yourself as you're listening to this. It's like, okay, you're, you're explaining all the different unique problems, but how do you fix those problems? Well, I believe that there are definite ways how we can fix these problems, you know, address these problems. And I'm not going to go into full detail now because that's for the later podcast. You gotta wait. (laughs) But I mean, simply put, Yes, um, our relationship with the Lord, you know, and in his word, being in his word, learning from what it has to say about your problems and issues is the key to um, learning and knowing how to handle, you know, this responsibility that we have before God um, as we write stories that we like to read as well as so other people would enjoy them, such as, you know, balancing the realism and the integrity, you know, that, that balance. And trying to not to be too preachy because, you know, even though we're telling the truth, you know, sharing the truth, which is always great, you know, if it's so annoying and so in the way, you know, of the story, you know, like no one's going to want to listen. No one's going to want to stick around, you know, and if you don't have anyone to stick around, you're not really going to be sharing the message at all, would you? And then there's the marketing and the boasting, you know, again, I don't know if this is just me or not, but if this is something that you also struggle with, I'd love to hear from you, you know. And then there's the biblical integrity, which is one of the most important things for a Christian author, I believe, for um, them to take care of. I, I look at Tolkien. He did a great job maintaining biblical integrity. And C.S. Lewis, he is also, I call him like the king of fantasy biblical integrity. You know, he he had all these amazing mythological creatures. He has Aslan the lion, and he has the, the Grecian satyrs and centaurs, you know, and yet it presented a story that was very biblically resonant and very much in line and in tune with biblical thinking because it's it was just so well done because you know, and i'll tell you I, i'll i express the reasons why in another podcast i could be here for a full hour talking about you know how c.s lewis expressed a very viable way how to prevent from over preaching uh, but i'm going to save that for another podcast so but yes biblically speaking the bible says seek ye first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. And I fully believe that. You know, the Lord's word is true. It is a solid foundation. And as my dad would say, and I agree with him, then the Bible agrees with him as well, which is more important. There's the Bible, and then there's everything else. Not that anything else can't have any value informationally or truthfully, but Scripture is the foundation on which we should stand. Because as the Lord himself said in the word, not a jot or a tittle or change or pass away until the coming kingdom, until Jesus comes back, you know, which that should say something to you about its reliability. Now, I know some people look at that and, like, think, yeah, but I'm talking about writing here. I'm talking about just making something. The Bible doesn't have anything to say about that. Now, hold your horses. Even if the Bible doesn't specifically say, okay, you need to write your character this way or, oh, you, you shouldn't have this cuss word in it at all. You should do this. You know, it doesn't explicitly say those things. There are principles within the scripture that are, that can be addressed to everything in, that happens in our lives. Because it's kind of like what I would hear Tony Evans say, you know, there's some people who just worship on Sunday and then they live the rest of the week themselves. Christians, we have a responsibility and we have, uh, and we have a charge, you know, not just because God's saying, or I do this, but if we want to live a full life for him, one that is happy and one that is, um, you know, fruitful for him, as, as Peter described in the letter that I just read to you. You know, we, we want to be fruitful in this life, and we can't be fruitful if we're only planting seeds in our hearts or spreading seeds into others' hearts on a Sunday morning. You know, we have to live every day, every moment, as an act of worship to him, because that's what worship is. We can look at worship as something that you just go to church for, and you sing, and you praise God, and everything, but you know, that's just one part of it. That's just a piece. Your whole life is supposed to be an act of worship before God, you know, so that's something we have to look out for. Anyway, but we will be addressing those more specifically using the biblical framework, you know, to find ways how we can handle not being overly preaching our narrative so people don't want to, don't give up and shut the book, Um, or balancing, you know, that realism versus integrity and trying to not know where how far in our marketing can we get before you know we're getting too much into the boast factor or you know and then most especially how to maintain biblical integrity uh, regardless if our story is realistic or not so but that's where i'm leaving thank you so much for joining me here on flying faith talks it is such a blessing to share these podcasts with you And hey, if you really liked today's episode, feel free to leave a comment, like, and share with your friends and family. And if you'd like to learn more about Flying Faith or me or my book, come on to flyingfaith.org, check out the content, try out the fun quiz, and subscribe to my website. You'll receive newsletters every month, including chances for prizes and giveaways. And the best part is, if you are a writer and a Christian creative like myself, who is looking for someone who is able to come by you and not only help you strengthen your story, but also to help you evaluate it spiritually, you get a 25% off discount on my Flying Faith editing service. And so thank you so much. I will sign off here. May the Lord bless you and keep you and stay creative, guys. We'll